It's time, ladies and gentlemen, once again for the 11 Dubcast. I am Michael Citro. I'm John and Ginter, finally. And, yeah, we're brought to you by the 11, Go- uh, the 11 Warriors Dry Goods Store. Yes. Uh, which is pretty much the only place you can get some of the, the world's most awesome t-shirts. Yeah, we got some good ones, uh, especially, I mean, I think... See, what I like is kind of the, the random goofy stuff, so... You know, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. I just recommend checking it out. And, you know, just just good to be on top of it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm currently digging on the Ohio Crest tee. Yeah. That's pretty legit. That's... I like that one. Now, I, I think that one's going to be... I think a lot of people are going to want to pick that up probably pretty soon. But that one's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so definitely also, check Also, you can out. get hats and you can get stickers. Go to drygoods.11warriors.com or just uh, click on the link on our homepage. Yeah, absolutely. So Johnny, I'm back and I don't have a gallbladder anymore. Yeah, how do, are you okay? Are you are you alive? Like, is, are you not? Are you are you some right kind of now. Frankenstein stitched together from other people's organs <laughs> and skin and muscle and sinew? I definitely felt like that for a few days. Yeah, that's what uh, it seemed um, like. Yeah, it was it was pretty rough. Um, I wouldn't recommend uh, putting it off if you need to have it done. Get it out of the way because yeah. it's not it's not a fun experience. Um, they, my wife took me down last Monday, so tomorrow would be my my um, post op checkup with the doctor. Gotcha. Um, so it's been just over a week as we record this, and I they wheeled me in, uh, and they they give you like um, you know they give you the IV so you can stay hydrated and all that, but they also put some stuff in your IV to make they, they, the nurse called it don't care medicine. Okay. Because once you get that in, you you don't really don't care what they do to you. Right. <laughs> um, and honestly, the last thing I remember is them wheeling me in and I don't remember them putting the, you know, the mask with the anesthesia over my mouth or anything. I just, the next thing I knew I woke, I woke up in the, in the, uh, recovery room and they were telling me I need to wake up and breathe Nice. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get my oxygen levels up. So, uh, there was a lot of pain. And, um, so they gave me medication through my IV and the stuff they give you in there only lasts like 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> so you feel like really great for like 10 minutes and then all the pain comes rushing back and like, I know I need more. I need more. And then finally, you know, when you can start holding down liquids and stuff, then they can give you, um, you know, they, they can give you the oral medication, which lasts for, you know, hours instead of just a few minutes. So, uh, so Monday was pretty bad. Uh, Tuesday, was kind of bad, and then Wednesday, Thursday were kind of up and down. Well, I'm, I'm and glad I, the I'm starting to feel more myself. I'm glad the gallbladder so. is no longer infecting the the organs of your body with its <laughs> yeah. bile and disgustingness. So I'm glad you have removed this this uh, horribleness, you know, from yourself. Yeah. I am too. the The word the doctor used was angry. Your gall, you had an angry gallbladder. Gallbladder. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you ever. I feel wanted like gallbladders angry. probably don't have a particularly wide range of emotions. I feel like they're completely neutral like really upset like that's pretty much it very bipolar yeah probably so so um johnny we're still we're still in basketball season. yeah free basketball yay <laughs> yeah so i unfortunately um you know didn't get the win over sparty no um it did not go well no uh it probably could not have gone a whole lot worse than no. it went and honestly it's not like look it's not like Ohio State was complete garbage in those games. It's just that Michigan State looks so good. Valentine looks so good. You can't play. 
if you're not as good as Michigan State, you're not going to be able to be Michigan State. I mean, that's it. That's what it boils down to. It's not like you, you know, have to have your best game to even have a chance. Yeah, and it's not like again, it's not like these two teams are comparable in talent and skill, and that they, you know, Ohio State just didn't play up to their ability, and maybe Ohio State didn't play up to their ability, but compared to what Michigan State is operating at right now, it's not. It just it's night and day. Uh, so them getting blown out is certainly not a surprise about anyone. Um, and they're in the NIT to uh, to show for it. So yep. neat. I <laughs> neat. I had uh, I had high hopes that maybe they could put a run together in the tournament because Thad's got, well, you know, he's got a little bit. Of, I mean, he's, he's got a little tournament mojo. But then when I what saw empirical evidence suggests that that was going to well, here's the thing. I, I abandoned all hope when I saw the way they played against Penn State. Yeah. When I saw the way they played against Penn State, Fair I said. Enough. Well, either one of two things is here. Either they, they just didn't even bother preparing for Penn State right. and they just or uh, they're not playing very good basketball. And it was more of the second thing and not the first thing, as it turns out. So um, but, you know, uh, they they looked very lackluster uh, in that Penn State game. And, and of course, not having Jay Sean Tate doesn't help. But, uh, yeah. You know, when Thad Mata's got to go to a full court press just to get your attention and make you play hard, um, that's doesn't speak highly of your of your leaders on the, the team. Well, and, leader, I guess. And yeah. really what they're going to have to figure out in the offseason is who's going to step up. I mean, there was, you know, D'Angelo Russell had some strong words with regards to that, I think, last year, where he's like the only dude who's basically showing up outside of maybe Cam Williams, right? Like, who's really trying to put in those extra hours and whatnot. Um, and we saw and he was a freshman. Yeah. And, and look like it leadership at this level of basketball matters so, so much. And you have to have a guy who is just lighting a fire under everybody. And we haven't seen that for several years at Ohio state. And yeah. you've seen some decent seasons, right? Like not terrible seasons, but mm-hmm. it, talent alone is not going to get you those wins, especially against a team as disciplined as say a Michigan state. And you've got to have somebody to be a spark. And again, you know, injuries make that a little more difficult, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, the team just, they seem flat basically all season with the exception of maybe one or two games. And you got, it's got to be better than that. It just has to be better than that. Uh, luckily, we get to watch, you know, them and the, uh, the, the most prestigious basketball tournament in March, the, uh, the <laughs> NIT. Uh, so... <laughs> So it's I, funny because I did some research on that, and they're they've they've been to the NIT like about the sixth most amount of times, and everyone above them is all they're all Big Ten teams. Okay. So the Big Ten, you know, gets a lot of appearances in the NIT. Okay. <laughs> I don't know that that's a good thing, uh, but it's well, it's, what I it mean, was an interesting factoid. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing though, like I. I know you have you've done your best, Michael, to convince me to care about Ohio State and the NIT. I just I can't. I look they they won an overtime game against Akron, which is great. Mm-hmm. And tonight, like you know, and, and and frankly, we would not have been able to report on this because you know we we usually record a little earlier. But they yeah. yay they win their game and everyone's happy. But I just the team looks so lethargic in doing so. They had to take Akron to overtime. Um, it, yeah, didn't have Kata Bates D up. Uh, right, this which week. who's out for mysterious reasons, you know? Like, so I don't. I, I guess my frustration is that if this was a team going to the NIT that was out looking for something to prove, that'd be one thing. But this is a team that is definitely just kind of limped into the uh, the the glory that is the NIT, and and I just 
I can't get personally excited when the team doesn't get excited, if that makes sense. If I don't, does. See, if I don't see the kind of enthusiasm, I'm not going to make it up on my end and go like, yeah, guys, go! And then they're just kind of like walking out, you know, slowly <laughs> with their heads. I'm like, I guess we got to play more basketball. The thing about the NIT is that the early round games are all like that because everybody wanted to be in the NCAA tournament. Right. And it's not until about the quarterfinals where teams start to go, well, we may as well win this game. <laughs> is that the attitude you want in a tournament, though? Do you really want to kind of like, it's, it's well, not, I guess but we I mean, won a couple games. Might as well keep winning. Well, here's the thing. It's like it's kind of like going to the Liberty Bowl. You don't really want to be there, but, you know, at the, in the third quarter, if you you know if the game's <laughs> close, you go, eh, we may as well win since we're here, you know? <laughs> is that, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, what is that? Like, if they... You know, in, in the Mighty Ducks, right, where it's like the end of it, and they're like, ah, who gives a crap? And then at the end, they're like, well, we might win. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll win this for Gordon Bombay after all. Like, I just, I, I think, like, unless there's motivation, unless there is some kind of intrinsic desire to achieve something, I don't know that, like, eh, fine, is really the, the attitude <laughs> that I'm looking for and the yeah. end-of-season tournament. Well, it, and it and it ramps up from that point on. You know, the semifinals, you get a little more <laughs> yeah, competitive, semi, and then the, semifinals, and then maybe the, they wake up a half hour before. And then the final, then they then they really go all out. It's, right. but you know, the, from my perspective, it's there's value to it because there's more practices, there's more games, sure. there's more there's more time for Thad to work with the guys that are going to be key players next year, uh-huh. and it's it's the same as missing a bowl game. If you don't go to the postseason tournament at all, it's you don't get those extra practices, you don't get all that, uh, you know, valuable reps, and and I I think there's some value in it, even if it even if we don't end up caring about it. And now in the, they're in the second round, they may play in St. John Arena, which is really cool. Now I will say that that is the one thing that could get me excited about this. I do really, really, really like the idea of a basketball game in St. John Arena. Um, if that happens, then yes, the NIT will have been redeemed, and this whole exercise will have been worth it. If they somehow finagle a way to get into, you know, the shot for no reason whatsoever, other than to make Ohio State look like a premier program, then I have, I've, I've immediately lost all interest. And yeah. a premier program with a three-quarter empty. Stadium. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, though, right? Like, why even? I think the announced, uh, the announced attendance was less than five thousand. Like Dan Wallenberg was like, yeah, less than five thousand. Like, that's pathetic. First. But I will tell you this, Johnny Ginter, 5,000 in St. John Arena is about 10 times louder than 5,000. Right, and that's my point. Like, if they can do that in St. John Arena, I'm fine with it. That's that's great. But if it's at the shot, then there's no point. And, and, and so, again, if they somehow finagle a way to do it at the shot, I know they've got some, you know, basketball tournaments coming up and some other events and whatnot. Um, fine. But I still feel like they're going to try to figure out a way to have it at the shot just because it's supposed to be at the shot. And that would be incredibly irritating. But I feel (laughs) like that's what's going to happen because this basketball season has been nothing if not irritating. So, Yeah, I will say I'm a little less irritated than last year, quite honestly. Um, Which is because I, I can understand. I I, I'm not I don't have to look at a mirror. I don't have to look at a mirror. Right. I don't have to watch uh, Shannon Scott try to take a jump shot. You have the excuse of youth, right? Like that's yeah. Yeah. That, and that, I like the way that some way. of these guys, some of these guys play in a way that I wish some of those guys would have played in the last couple yeah, of years. Agreed. I think that Daniel Giddens plays his ass off, and, right. and I like to see him. You know, you see this big dude, you know, diving on the floor for balls and that kind of thing, and that's that gets me excited about the future. Um, 
when your when your leader, your veteran leader, is uh, you know a guy who just perpetually has a face that looks like it gives zero dams, um, it's it's hard, you know, because you just you want that guy to be the the most vocal and and you know he want him to be the guy rolling around on the floor well, and diving. I mean, the thing balls. is, I mean, and, and to be fair, I think for Mark Loving. Um, I feel almost like we have expected way more from this dude than maybe. And, and granted, if you're you're basically the the only you know real experienced guy on the team, you you should take on a little bit more of that responsibility on your shoulders. But on the mm-hmm. other hand, like this guy is a, a he's he's a third option dude basically on a really good team. He's a third option. He's the guy who's going to get you twelve to fourteen points, maybe sixteen points a game mm-hmm. if you're lucky. He's playing off the bench if he's in East Lansing. Yeah, right? and that's my point. Like. You know, at Ohio State, he really is never going to be the guy, right? And he probably really never was supposed to be the guy. So mm-hmm. while I I agree that Mark Loving needs to or needed to be more of a vocal leadership presence, he was never that guy. He was never supposed to be that guy. So I don't really I, – I, I do feel a little bit bad for you. Like, well, he should have stepped up, blah, blah, blah. I agree. But maybe that's not the role he ever envisioned for himself and mm-hmm. – um, I don't know. It's just I, not in some guys. It's just not in some guys' personality. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. So like, I'm not. I'm not mad at Mark Loving or anything like that. I think he is who he is. But I mean, when you see a five star athlete, yeah, that 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 has you know, like a five star center like Amir Williams, who that's far goes more his entire true. his entire career just be happy to be a passenger. Yeah, that's far you more know? frustrating than, than Mark Loving. I think maybe not being the leader that people want him to be. And, and to be fair to Mark Loving too, like. It's not like he's necessarily performed really, really poorly or anything like that. He's been mm-hmm. consistently good. He just hasn't been great enough to lift Ohio State out of mediocrity. And that, that's what makes people mad about it, which I think is a little unfair, but also, on the other hand, kind of earned. So I'm not mad about it. I, I will, I guess, relish seeing Ohio State continue to advance in the, the NIT while, yeah. while yeah. other teams play for you know actual prestige and attention. Uh, uh, whereas Ohio State will will be a filler spot in ESPN too. Um, yeah. Well, LeBron was wrong. He said Akron would win. Yeah. So fine. He's not infallible. No. And, and, <laughs> yeah. Okay. A lot of people are hating on LeBron. I think that's silly. He's he's rooting for his high school coach. Like I can't really take that. Away. I'm not hating I, on him. I just I just uh, you know the guy's got a locker at Ohio State and and you know there's going to be a little bit of. I mean, and I'm sure he was prepared for it too when he said it. You know, all all the Ohio State fans who root for me are gonna be a little bit upset because, oh my God, Ohio State fans get upset about everything. He didn't play at Ohio so. State. Look, he has done so much for Ohio State as a basketball. He does, He has. He really. He, he has. Really he has. can do whatever the hell he wants. I don't. I don't have any. Ron James knew where he wants. I don't get. There's no animosity. By the way, let me ask you this, John. Yes. Yeah. Is it time for Thad to make some changes on his staff? Yeah, it it is, and in the the assistants like. You know, everybody loves, like, Bulls. I mean, I, not everybody, but people used to. Um, mm-hmm. I think some of the other guys, I think he needs to make significant shakeups. I think you saw a lot of the attrition uh, over the past several years, and that, I think, I think you make the claim that that definitely has had an impact on the team overall, especially because of his health. I mean, Thad Mata is not a guy who can micromanage maybe like some other coaches anymore. I mean, and, and not... And again, I don't want to just say the guy's health is the reason why. I, I don't know that's necessarily fair, 
But I also don't think that it's in his personality to be that guy. I think he needs to have a staff around him that can support what he's doing. And right now it doesn't seem like he does. It doesn't seem like he's got the top guys. So I, I do think that you will probably see some staffing changes, some coaching changes mm-hmm. on the team uh, in the near future. And, and we talked about this on Slack a little bit. You know, Maybe you just need somebody to come in and shake up the atmosphere because as, as much of a player's coach as that is, sometimes that can be to your detriment and you need to make people be on edge a little bit and understand that mm-hmm. they're not just there for the ride. They're there to compete for playing time for wins for, you know, for awards, things like that. They've got to, they've got to be on their, their heels a little bit uh, waiting to, to get their chance. And right now we don't have that. We have a bunch of guys that looks like, you know, they're kind of content with what they got and that's not, necess- that's not a good thing. Yeah. Especially I'd at, like to you know, see a place like Ohio state. I'd like to see a basketball equivalent of Kerry Combs on the sideline yeah. um, for, for that. And also, you know, from my perspective, the player development hasn't been there. The same issues that we've seen over the years continue to be issues. Free throw shooting, although it was good, very good tonight, has been atrocious for the most part. I, well, I agree with that, but I, I do think that's actually improved over the, the course of the year. I mean, you look at where it was at the beginning of the year, I think they have improved. But also, um, you know, just that was just one one item. Sure, I mean, I mean if you look at like big man development, yeah, and, transitional and defense some of the is top, bad. Like, you know. yeah, yeah, some of the some of the same issues we've seen over and over. So, right. um, yeah, I agree. I, I think it's time that maybe Thad could shake his his staff up a bit, and we'll we'll see uh, we'll see what the future brings here. But uh, for now, you know, enjoy some free basketball that we were not planning on having, and because Johnny, once basketball is over and spring football. It is a long off season. It is, but you know what? Maybe maybe we need that off season to get our head right a little bit. Maybe we need to like recalibrate our fan brains a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think Ohio State fans have had such a crazy uh, past couple years, and I just mean in sports in general. Maybe we need an off season just to like chill for a second. I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with a Seinfeld, but I don't want to get my fan brain right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I think we need to. I think we have to. Maybe take a step back for a second and just kind of recalibrate our expectations and, you know, and things like that. Like, look, I mean, and granted, it never works out the way I want, right? Because every time I say that, something stupid happens or, you know, like Urban Meyer is going to be like, oh, crap, Urban Meyer is really like, you know, Noriega and he's been underground for several years or, or like, I don't know, <laughs> JT Barrett is secretly smuggling in lemurs from Madagascar and nobody knew, you know, like that's it. It just might happen. I don't know. But I just think that it'll be nice to have an off season without a really stupid thing hanging over our heads and we can just kind of enjoy it and just kind of relax. That will be fun. I will. I will relish it. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, again, spring football is coming and, and it's, yeah. it's a good segue into our guest because our guest is here to talk not about basketball, but about football. Okay, joining us on the 11 Dubcast this week, very special guest, former Ohio State defensive back, Tyvis Powell. Tyvis, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, thanks for being on. We're really excited to have you on. We want to hear, uh, you know, all about your, your time at the Combine and the Pro Day. But I want to start out with the Pro Day and, you know, sort of ask you, you know, what did you do to prepare for it and, and how do you, you know, think you did? Oh, uh, well, during the, the that week, before the pro day, um, I just got with Duran Grant. You know, he was showing me some drills that they might do at the pro day and just basically working on just DB drills. I knew that I was only going to do position drills because 
I felt like I had a pretty decent combine. And I just let mm-hmm. those numbers stick. So I just, for me, it was just about me going out there on pro day and just, you know, showing my range and showing me getting in and out of my breaks fast. So. Do you ever get like competitive with the people at the, you know, the combine, the pro day? Does that get like, you know, do you guys try to like one up each other a little bit? I know it's kind of all about like what you can prove, but does it still get to the competitive aspect of it? Uh, yeah, that naturally for me, naturally for me, everything is always a competition for me. So once right. I see me, me, me looking at all the other safeties, I've seen the things that they did. So I wanted to try to, you know, up them as much as I could and, you know, go out there and display my talent as much as I could. You know, Ty, as you mentioned, having a good combine and, and putting up good numbers there, and, uh, you know, we certainly thought you did that. And uh, are, what are you hearing about sort of your draft stock after the combine and, and where you might get selected? Um, I haven't really heard anything about it. I mean, I consider myself, as from what I've heard in the past before the combine, I was always a mid-round guy, and I'm pretty sure that a I don't think a combine will really boost that up too much. So, if that, it does, you know, it doesn't matter to me where I go. As long as I get taken, I'm just ready to, you know, get to the next <laughs> level and make, a, make an impact. You know, either they're going to get me, is somebody going to get me high and be happy with it, or somebody going to take me for cheap and I'm just going to prove myself. That's all. It don't make no difference. Do you guys at Ohio State, do you guys ever, uh, you know, the guys are going to the, the, the draft, do you guys ever, like, talk about it, like, kind of get on each other about where you guys are going to go or where you might end up? <laughs> yeah, we all every day. You always think about you know what you could, how you could see yourself with another team, and it's kind of it's kind of distracting. You know, you're psyching yourself <laughs> out because nobody knows where we go end up, and it's kind of scary. But you know what? It's, it is what it is. I'm just ready for it to be over with already. I'm ready to hurry up and do the draft so we can start playing football again. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> Tyvis, what's the what's the perfect situation for you uh, as far as, you know, what would be ideal as far as what kind of team you'd be with, what kind of defense, and what your role would be? Uh, for me, I mean, I, I feel like I could fit into any defense. Um, I have the ability to learn anything um, due to the fact that I've played. I played in the box here. I played back. I've covered the tight end. I've covered the slot. So, I mean, I feel like I could fit in any defense. So, for me, it doesn't really matter. It, I just want to get drafted and be able to play. <laughs> that's what I would, That's ideal for me, to go to a team where I can actually play. <laughs> Is there any group of, like, defensive backs you'd really want to play with? Uh, I like uh, I like Seattle's defensive backs, and I like, I like the Broncos' defensive backs, and I like Arizona's defensive backs. Those are like three of the top defensive back groups in the NFL. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I think uh, any and those, if I get drafted any of those teams, I'll definitely be learning some things to definitely up my game. <laughs> so, okay, let's let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, what you've done in terms of reaching out. Have you reached out to any former teammates to to ask them about the draft day process and all of that? Have you got some advice from somebody? I haven't asked him about the draft day. I mean, the only thing, only thing I've, I talked to Duran, I was just asking him, you know, like how was his draft process? And I was mm-hmm. telling him, like, you know, did the teams that you worked out for, that you met with, you know, did you, did you end up meeting with the Steelers? Because that's who drafted. And he was telling me that really a lot of people that get drafted by teams, you don't even have communications with those teams. They just, just out of nowhere. Oh, select you. So, you know, he told me not to worry about that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? So one of the things I was thinking about, you know, we we've been hearing about uh, maybe some of the weirder questions people have been asked 
at the combine a little bit. And I just wanted to know if you had any experiences with that personally, like any of the stranger things that you maybe come across you uh, when people are trying to find out more about Tyvis Powell. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I've been asked some, some weird questions, but nothing that's been, you know, out of the complete ordinary that just made me look like, whoa, what kind of question is that? So I haven't had any of those. It's just been, you know, just real detailed questions, you know, and I have to be like, you know, that's kind of personal. But, you know, I had no problem talking about it. Gotcha. Speaking of weird questions, you know, one of the things we always hear about is is the Wonderlick test. And I wanted to ask you about your Wonderlick test experience. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, so, so during the Wonderlick, now that was the time I looked at the questions like, what kind of question is it? You know, you can't really talk during it. So I had to catch myself from saying it out loud. I said, what kind of question is this? And, uh, so, right, but they, it's, a, it's like a bunch of them on the test. Like, wow, is this really a question? <laughs> So, you know, one of the things we've kind of asking guys, because we've talked to some other guys, you know, like Eli Apple and Darren Lee and whatnot, and we just kind of want to know, you know, can you uh, give us some of your maybe favorite, like, non-big-time bowl game, non-like big crazy game that everybody knows about, but, like, something, a good experience that you had at Ohio State that maybe people don't know about or maybe people just haven't heard about yet, like something that you really enjoyed or, you know, a big event that you really liked? Uh, I'll tell you what, during, for the past two seasons, during the summer workouts, we uh, the team goes to Zumbezi Bay, and then we go to Coach Meyer's house, and that's always a fun time. I mean, the first time they did it was probably the best because they was like they called us in for a, I think we had a six a.m. workout, <laughs> six a.m. <laughs> workout. So so we all like, oh, here we go with this, right? We out on we get out on the line, we get dressed, trainers was out there and everything, so we think we're about to run and whatnot. And he makes us do, <laughs> Coach Mick makes us do like, like just some high knees and some, some like lunges and stuff like that. And then he blows the whistle and say, "Okay, y'all done for the day." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, we're going to Zoom Easy Bay later today." <laughs> it was crazy because it caught everybody off guard. It was like we had like the funny time because of that. But that was like a great experience. Was outside of football. <laughs> so is it true that everybody just decided to go pro so they wouldn't have to go through Coach Mick's Valentine's Day workout? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, that definitely does play a little part in it, but no, that's not the that's reason. That is not a fun time. That's not something you would like to keep doing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, it, okay. it, it actually, actually, it was fun to actually see the videos of it and know that yeah. you would have to do it. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> well that see that goes right into my next question then so there's a ton of guys especially in defensive back right a lot of new guys who are going to be taking on a lot of the the burden so what kind of advice do you have for those guys at ohio state who are going to be really kind of stepping up and and getting a lot of playing time in your stead uh you know just to really know the playbook um know what the coaches is looking for and trust just have a bunch of confidence in yourself i mean everybody you're at ohio state i mean we're this is definitely one of the best football schools in America. You get the best coaching, hands down, you get the best coaching. So you just have to trust in that. And when you go out there on Saturday, just know that you've been coached very well and you, you're here for a reason, and that's to make plays and be a big-time ball player. So just have that confidence in yourself. You know, um, as a defensive back, obviously, there's always it's always great to get interceptions. Uh, why don't you give us your your favorite interception? You've had some big ones at your time at Ohio State. <laughs> Uh, my favorite interception, it definitely had to be the team of Norfolk when we won 
uh, when they went for two point conversion. Uh, yeah, yes. that one kind of hands down. That's definitely the biggest play that I've made. I mean, I made some big plays, and that probably was the biggest one because they, because I quote unquote saved the season. So it was always a good thing, you know. When I when I make some money, I'm gonna get a get a shrine in my house with that jersey, and I'm gonna have that guy just keep saying that over and over and over. <laughs> I even smile saving the season. <laughs> Uh, you know what? So a lot of them was a lot of was made right in the Sugar Bowl. You didn't go down one night. You catch you know, get the interception, whatever. You keep going, going. Like should that just be a thing? I look. I, I'll be honest. If I got an interception, if I play football. I get an interception. I'm not ever taking a knee. Like I'm taking that as far back as I possibly can. Is that just a mentality people should develop? Because frankly, like I think that's way more entertaining. Just you know what? The funny thing about it is. So everybody, everybody's mad at me for doing this stuff, but I, I look at it. I look at it like this: Would you have rather us win by fourteen and seven, or just right? And I've always taught. I've always taught when you get the ball, you try to score. You get right. you get the ball, you see green, you score. And it was funny to see that Roby did the same thing in the, on the next level in the, uh, in the right. conference game. I said, see, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> did, did, did he fumble the ball on his? It was, I think he, it was close. I, don't, I, don't, I think he almost did, or he, maybe he fell yeah, on it or something. But Yeah, yeah, yeah something like that. But I, I knew once I had got touched, I was going to go down because I wasn't going to risk the strip. And do you and there's some people to think you really believe that I would let somebody strip me at the end of the day. <laughs> as soon as I got touched, I was gonna drop. You know, they just didn't trust me. I don't know why the coaches didn't trust me. They were so scared. I'm like, come on, man. I got I got this. Yeah. Uh, Tyvis, before we let you go, we gotta get your best Urban Meyer story. You gotta have a great story about Urban Meyer. Uh <laughs> Uh, best story about Urban Meyer. I just like I just like some of his sayings that he said. I mean, I always I always get on him because he goes they go, they always get on us about our demeanors, right? So if you come down with a dull look, they always demeanor check, demeanor, blah blah blah. So you always gotta <laughs> they make you fix your face, you know. So I always when he would come to practice someday, <laughs> when they would come to practice, we're warming up and I would look at him. And he had his this look on his face where he just like you know looked like he's down about something. So I always, hey, Coach Meyer, Demeter, Demeter, <laughs> you know what? You don't have to be here. You know, you know what? If you don't want to be here, you can leave. <laughs> this is this is not this is not given to you. You know, this is, you you have to earn the right to be here and stuff like that. I just use some of the stuff that he would say to us back on him. He always smile and laugh at me, so I'd always get him smiling and happy from practice. <laughs> well, Tyvis Powell, a former Ohio State defensive back, we, we do wish you uh, the best of luck coming up on draft day. And, and, you know, try to relax and have a good time, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm trying. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the process. I mean, like I said, I am eager to get to the draft. I'm ready to see what, where I'm going to be playing for the next couple of years. So, But I'm going to take it one day at a time and maximize each day. That's my new thing. Sounds good, man. That sounds great. Uh, thanks again for being here, and, uh, and again, we wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. Okay, well, Johnny, it's time for Ask Us Anything. Yay, let's do it. And I'm I'm just still trying to figure out how we can get Tyvis Powell to come out of his shell <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, get a little bit excited about something and maybe relax and have a good time. Um. Okay, so Johnny, first of all, how can these listeners of ours, these millions across the globe, 
How can they ask us anything? You can ask us anything in a couple of ways. You can send us a tweet at 11dubcast on Twitter, or you can send us an email, which is dubcast at 11warriors.com. Yes, fewer and fewer of you these days are are you are taking to Twitter. So I'm I'm selling my Twitter stock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Johnny, what uh, what have we got in the old uh, mailbox? Uh, okay, so we got several questions in the mailbox. Let's start with Alvin. Uh, Alvin sent us, uh, and I like this one. Uh, what is your favorite March Madness Cinderella story of all time, Michael? It hasn't happened yet. Um, okay. Is it, is it Ohio want, State winning the NIT? I want I want time. the Hawaii Rainbows to go and win it all. Okay. I want the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors. That'd be to cool. That'd be fun. That would be cool. Um, I kind of like the uh, was it Butler a couple years ago that went to back to backs and they, they lost both. I kind of was root, rooting for them. That was enjoyable. Um, they're not a I mean they're not like an underground team. They're a pretty good mid major program, but um, you know for a team like Butler to win or a school like Butler to win it that would be huge. I mean for for a school like that as compared to, you know, seeing another Kansas title or another Kentucky or another Duke or North Carolina, you know, I'm, I'm tired of the same old, same old. I would, I would love a Wichita state or a, a Butler or uh, a Xavier or somebody like that to win the whole thing. I think Xavier would be really cool. Um, I think that would be a fun little, uh, you know, story. I mean, I grew up, I mean, I've talked about this before. I grew up as a UC Bearcat fan in basketball and I thought that was pretty sweet. Um, I would say, so, I mean, everybody talks about Jimmy V, right? Like, you know, you always like mm-hmm. the, that, that, I think that was probably the classic one. I don't, uh, that's before. the Villanova run was good. Yeah. And, 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 you know, like, and that's great. I'm not trying to take anything away from that. I think my personal favorite one though, and this is, you know, the one that I really remember and that I thought was really cool was definitely Davidson's run in the 2008 tournament. Um, uh, mm-hmm. just because what they were able to accomplish as a 10 seed, I mean, it, to me, like the reason why I think I enjoyed that so much. So Davidson beat a lot of really good teams, and they almost yeah. beat Kansas. They were they were like it was like like right down to the wire, right? Mm-hmm. Like I remember, God, I, I think I, I actually I remember filling out a bracket that year, and I was going to win if uh, Kansas beat Davidson, and I was actively rooting against Kansas. I wanted Davidson to win that so badly, um, yeah. and most of that was because you know on the back of Steph Curry, who was just insane that entire tournament like he was just out of his mind insane he still is he still is well and that's the thing that's what i like (laughs) about that because it's one of those things where like you know you don't have a guy because occasionally you'll have a run right with like northern illinois maybe you know they're making a they win two or three games like ah, that's really cool and they might Mm -hmm. have a guy who's really hot or something but then they go on they don't really do much in the nba steph curry is the greatest basketball player in the world right now and uh it's it's cool that i get to you know think back to the genesis of this in 2008 um, you know, where he, he took Davidson all, almost all the way to the, you know, the, the top there. So I, you know, I, I really enjoyed that one. I think that one is probably my, my favorite of all. Okay, cool. Yeah. And, and the, you know, we can't discount the, what a fun, not, not long enough, but a fun run by a Florida Gulf coast recently. Yeah, that was, that was good too. I enjoyed that. All right. So this is from Josh. Uh, I just got to listen to the Michigan week podcast from last year. He's a new listener of the podcast. So thank you for, oh, for joining the aboard. party. Uh, yeah. And I wanted to bring up the discussion regarding bone-in and boneless wings again. I <laughs> will, this, will this debate never cease? It will never cease. Um, I am of the opinion that boneless wings aren't really wings at all and are simply chicken nuggets masquerading under the guise of wing breading and sauce. Do either of you consider boneless wings to be reside under the category of wings like they claim to be? Uh, team bone-in for life. Josh. 
Well, Josh, I've given this a lot of thought over the years, uh, as I want to do. But here's the thing. If you have a truly good boneless wing, whether they call it a tender or a nugget or whatever, Uh uh, a really good one is not going to ever be confused with a nugget because it's going to be too big. Um, Is it an actual physical wing? No. Would Uh I like to bite into it instead of biting into some gristle and bone? Absolutely. Uh, I think you get to eat the entire surface is all edible instead of, you know, biting in and getting, you know, like I said, bones and gristle and whatnot. There's nothing wrong with bone-in wings. I I love them. I enjoy them quite a bit. I will eat many, many more of them uh, before my days on this planet are done. Uh, But if I have my choice, given the same sauce and the same, you know, whatever – you know, whatever you use, if you use breading, if you don't, that's fine. But uh, I would go with the, the one that's easier to eat and, and covers me in much less sauce. Wow. And that would well, be the boneless so version. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seething at your, an, at your answer. I'm, I'm very Of course upset. you are. I just, I don't understand. First of all, you just, you invalidated your point and your own answer. It's QED. You basically said that these wings are not wings because they are not wings. And you are correct. They are not wings. They are not the wings of any bird that has ever existed. They may be the thigh or the breast of these birds, but they are certainly not the, the wings. So They're delicious. When I eat wings, I want to eat a wing, a wing of an animal, and I will eat that wing because uh, that's how they're supposed to be. So if given the choice, I will eat the wing because it is a wing. And it is a wing because it, it is a, the actual literal wing. And I want to- what I like to do, Johnny, is I like to actually prepare chicken legs as you would prepare chicken wings. Uh-huh. So it's like a larger version of the same thing. Um, I, I I do that quite you often. Are, you are you are you are those devil, on the grill, my friend. <laughs> I see through your lies, you wicked wicked devil. So yeah, from a technical standpoint, not a wing. From a delicious standpoint. I'd prefer it. That's like saying that's my answer. That's like saying you know I really like pizza, so I prepare it like you know uh, like a cake. Like I like cake. I'm just gonna, I put frosting. <laughs> no, on no, it. that's Chicago. I put frosting style. on it. I put style, you know yeah. a little ice cream on the side. Mmm, num num pizza cake. Like why why pizza why cake. not just just go back to communist Road? You just named our brand new restaurant pizza, pizza cake. cake. Mmm, it's a pizza cake. <laughs> That's nice. That's real dumb. All right. Uh, we got some more questions here. This is from John, uh, loyal listener John. As fans, we won in the NCAA tournament, got the NIT. What? Uh, as fans, we won in the playoff, but ended up in the Fiesta Bowl. What? Which is, <laughs> which is more disappointing? Uh, and also, which would be, well, let's start with that. Which would be, which is more disappointing? I think that email is more disappointing. <laughs> it's like, you know, you just depressed me, dude. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which one's, which one's more disappointing? Uh, obviously that we had high hopes for the football team. So obviously we're probably a little more, uh, disappointed, uh, by the football team failing to make the college once football again, playoff. Once again, I must disagree with you because look, I, I'm not done. So don't just, just, you'll get you your said, obvi- look, I it's okay, hey, fair I'm sorry, and balanced. I'm sorry. Give me my time. Please keep, please continue. Please continue. <laughs> the fact is about the basketball team is not many of us really thought they were going to make a run to the NCAA. So I'm less disappointed by something I expected than I am by um, 
a field goal on the last play of a game costing the football team a chance to defend its, its national title. So to, to me personally, mm-hmm. the football is a little more disappointing. Here's what I'd say. The consolation prizes in both of these scenarios are vastly different. I could not care That's less true. about the NIT. That's true. I, I, the Fiesta Bowl is a marquee bowl game against an interesting opponent, okay? And we kick the crap out of them. Whereas yeah. the consolation prize for not making March Madness is – Let's play in the NIT against Akron on a Tuesday night and <laughs> go into overtime. <laughs> like, I don't – look, both are disappointing. But, frankly, I expected Ohio State to trip up at some point last year. I'm not surprised by that. This is not a shock. And the fact that they still had a very successful season went to the Fiesta Bowl, it's got to be the NIT. The NIT is garbage. And <laughs> I, and I, I enjoy the Fiesta Bowl much more than that. Um, I kind of wouldn't – the only thing that would have bothered me about losing the Fiesta Bowl would be the loudmouth Notre Dame fans. I really didn't – it wouldn't have yeah. – it wouldn't have, like – it wouldn't have devastated me uh, if Ohio State had lost that game. And because this, there's – because of the college football playoffs' existence now, the stakes are just not as high. Yeah, well – even in, even in a quality bowl game, yeah, really. Fair enough. Um, so, okay, so – and then he adds an addendum here. Okay. Which would be better for this team, a deep run in the NIT or a one-and-done in the NCAA? Uh, you want them to get the NCAA experience, I think. Yeah. I, I think you want them to be, you know, to get to know what it's like to be there, the timing of everything, playing in a strange building, you know, in somewhere where, you know, you're, it's a neutral floor someplace. Uh, I think that experience is invaluable. A deep run in the NIT doesn't give you nearly that because you're playing in half-empty gyms and you like it at their own tonight. And, uh, you know, I just don't think the experience is comparable. I, I, I would rather a, a one and done because it gives them a springboard to next year. Yeah. As does an NIT run in some ways. But, again, you're not getting the same level of experience. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I The NIT, I mean, it's cool if you win the NIT or whatever. But you're right. I, it does not replicate what March Madness is like. You know, the scheduling, the the venue, you know, where you got to go, et cetera. Like, I definitely think that uh, – yeah, one and done would be much preferable to an NIT run. Um, okay, so he has one more one more question here. John's got one more kind of variant of this, okay? Okay. And kind of continuing with this theme, okay, which is worse? Biting a cookie that you think is chocolate chip to find out that it is oatmeal raisin or biting a pickle you think is dill but it is sweet? Which one's worse? Yes, which is worse. Or more disappointing? Well, let's assume that's one and the same. Well, I, mean, I wanted to know how he how he phrased it, so I know how to he answer. He said, "Which is worse?" Which is worse? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Here's the worst thing for me: biting into a chocolate chip cookie and getting an oatmeal cookie is worse for me mm. because I actually like dill and sweet pickles equally. Oh, there you go. So, so for me, it's the cookie thing. Plus, I mean, go to Subway, look at their cookie display. Tell me which one they're out of: chocolate chip or oatmeal? They're out of chocolate chip. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, I gotta, got, I, you know, if you're making, they got they got oatmeal cookies for days. I think what people have realized <laughs> is that if you are trying to make health choices based on gigantic cookies at Subway, you you might as just well go with the one that you like better, right? Like, there's nobody <laughs> who's right. going like, ah, oh, I want a cookie that's like you know the size. But of I want to get plate. my fiber. <laughs> I want a cookie the size of the dinner plate, but I really really need to watch the calories, so I better get the oatmeal raised. Like obviously you're gonna go for the uh, the chocolate chip if that's if that's the the part of your life. If that's the if that's where you're at in your life where you're getting like a 12 inch you know Subway sub with you know everything on it and like 30 you know like 30 different types of meat and whatever. 
you're gonna get the you're gonna get the chocolate chip cookie. Okay, if that's what you're adding onto it, that's your side. You're gonna get the chocolate chip. <laughs> that's your side. Um, yeah, a side dish of cookies, yeah. please. Um, uh, literally a dish because they're like 45 inches in diameter. Um, but for me, I would have to say uh, biting into a supposed dill pickle and getting a sweet pickle because I do not like sweet pickles. I, I don't. I understand the appeal of sweet pickles. I don't really have a problem with it. I like sweet relish, but um, I, I much prefer dill pickles. So that would be the disappointment for me. But uh, Understandable. I, I am actually a, a lover of all... Basically, I don't think I've ever had a pickle I didn't like. I like I like the dill. I like the garlic. I like the the sweet. Garlic's I like the good. hot. Good garlic's a quality pickle. I, I even I like the butter chips, man. I could sit there and munch yeah, on a little jar of butter good. chips, man. I love butter chips. So uh, yeah, I'm just a, I like pickles a lot. And if I tasted one, it would probably throw me for a minute. And go, ooh, that's that's a sweet one. And I thought it was a dill, but uh, life's you know, little surprises. Into, yeah, but biting into that uh, biting into that oatmeal when I'm expecting chocolate. Yep, I, that would. That would definitely uh, get my goat. All right, so we got one more question here. Uh, we don't have any more on Twitter, but we do have one that we were asked several weeks ago, and we didn't get to it. And <sighs> so I wanted I'm to make sorry. sure. I just real quick, uh, somebody asked you about like meetups in uh, in Florida because you you live in Orlando. Do you, are there any like super like sweet dank uh, Ohio State meetups down there during the football season? They uh, the Ohio State Alumni Club here is very very sizable. Yeah. And uh, for a while, down on International Drive, the uh, that was the place to be at B-Dubs on International Drive for a game. And, you know, until the Big Ten Network, there were there were a lot of weeks when I had to go there, down there to watch the game because there would be some local SEC or ACC game on TV, and I would have to oh, right, scramble yeah. there. Um, so that was the only place. But now the... The club is actually so large that they're now actually in two locations. And I, there's one that's up north somewhere in, in Altamont or Maitland or Lake Mary. I forget where, but uh, I haven't gone up there because still, if I were going to go to one, it would be the B-dubs on International Drive. And, and they do cool things there. They do this. They do Script Ohio. And that's cool. They have lots of door prizes and giveaways and stuff. It's it's pretty good group. Um, but even, you know, if you go to an alumni, and I don't know if it's this way everywhere, but there are, you know, people that will, over, I, I call them over cheerers. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. People who the, are like, the, we've got to like really be excited because yeah, they got to do the OH every five seconds. Yeah, that, that, can, and, that can get you know, overgrading. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it, okay, that's all fun in games, but when the game starts, just let me watch the game. Yeah. But, uh, but it is fun. And there, there are actually uh, a lot of Ohio state fans down here and just about any sports bar. Uh, you will find somebody wearing the scarlet and gray on a Saturday. Gotcha. So I hope that answers your question. Yeah, and that's and that's about all we have for uh, for this week for Ask Us Anything. And I'm really sorry we didn't get to it when it was fresh yeah. and new. <laughs> I blame my gallbladder. I'm sorry. So that's Ask Us Anything, Johnny. And uh, again, people, you can uh, you can email us dubcast at elevenwarriors.com or. Hit us up on Twitter. Eleven at Eleven Dubcast is our Twitter handle, and uh, you can you can follow us on there and everything. Well, that just about wraps up another Eleven Dubcast, Johnny. All right. I mean, uh, no. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, was, I'm out of it. This was yeah, this was a difficult one. We we had a lot of uh, technical issues to start tonight and. Yeah. It was one of those ones where we were going to start super early and be able to watch the basketball game, and instead we didn't start till the basketball game was over, and it was an overtime game, so it was really late. Yep. Um, so, Johnny, 
first of all, I want to thank Tyvis Powell for coming on the show. He was awesome. Yes, which, you know, completely unsurprisingly awesome, obviously. I mean, he's, he's a great mm-hmm. interview no matter what. He's just a funny, cool guy, and it's it's great that we were able to have him on this time. Yeah, our beat writers love the guy and, and say he was the, he's been the best uh, interview on the team for years. Yeah, so no doubt. Thank you, Tyvis, and good luck to you in the uh, the NFL draft. But before we get out of here, Johnny, a final question for you. All right, let's do it. So, you know, we talked earlier today about uh, – was it just today? It seems like days ago. Uh, we talked a little bit about St. John Arena. Yeah. And, it, you know, I, I have a lot of fond memories from – from visiting games there. I, I saw Dennis Hobson break the, uh, the school scoring record there and nice. things like that. So uh, a lot of great moments, uh, big shot by Treg Lee. Uh, you know, there were, there were Jay Burson played there. I mean, it was, it was a lot of fun mm-hmm. to go see games there. I am going to really miss it when it's gone. Yeah. Is there any campus landmark that, that is either already gone or that you, um, or is it that maybe in the works to be gone that you will you will sorely miss from your time at Ohio that's, State? That's a really good question. I actually so um, I would say there are two that are gone, and I don't necessarily miss either of them. At least I mean, let me put it this way: they one of them left while I was a student, and then it was replaced with something much better. And then mm-hmm. another one left while I was a student, and I did not get to see it replaced because it was still in the process of being built when I graduated. Uh, the first of which would be um, Larkin, uh, which was the old rec center that got replaced yeah. in the pack. Yeah. Uh, Larkin Hall was uh, bad, to, in a word. Just like it was <laughs> this dungeon. It looked like... If you ever watch, if you ever look at like old timey uh, pictures of like old strongmen, you know, with like mustaches and like those, like <laughs> those giant like cannonball dumbbells and stuff, that that's uh-huh. basically what Larkin Hall looked like. Um, I taught a friend of mine how to swim in there once, and we were in this like we were in a pool, but it was like you know when they used to call them natatoriums, basically. Yeah, yeah. Just really, just a terrifyingly old-timey place that you thought you could get like tetanus from at any point in time and i kind of missed the character of it it, it, it was just yeah. it's this real seamy shady kind of place with poor lighting and it was like something out of hoosiers yeah it did it really did it seemed like just something like a poorly lit 50s like or some kind of like malaise you know jimmy carter administration kind of thing where you're just like I'm sure the paint was lead based. Yeah, it was it was just a bad place to work out or do anything active really. <laughs> it was just it seemed like, you know, like you had, like you had a distant uncle, you know, and you got to go up for his 83rd birthday and you're just mm-hmm. kind of sitting in his house all day and you don't have there's no one within like 40 years of your age and you're just kind of staring at the wall for 5 hours. That's what it was like to go to Larkin Hall. And I kind of missed that. <laughs> like I kind of enjoyed how crappy it was. Um, now, to yeah. be fair, the R pack that replaced it is a trillion times better, and I was oh, just it's, blown it's away. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah I was I, blown I, away by it when they built it. Um, I remember going with my uh, my roommate um, my senior year, and we went in, and it was just like Shangri La. It was ridiculous. Um, so, but, they but have still, a jogging track that you can see from the outside. Yeah, I mean, I, I miss the I miss the <laughs> seediness of Larkin a little bit. And the other one was uh, the Old Ohio Union, and I did a little bit of radio at the Old Ohio Union. I was also mm-hmm. part of the um, like kind of the activities committee, the Ohio State Activities Committee, which I can't remember the name of right now, the old one. Um, but we would have our meetings there, and I, I kind of enjoyed that a little bit. Also pretty seedy, also pretty gross, and smelled bad, and just kind of had this appearance of like a really depressing, you know, like downtown mall that has like five, mm-hmm. like like 
50% of its doors shuttered and whatever. Uh, it, but, you know, I enjoyed – I that was the thing about Ohio State. And I, I kind of was a student at the very tail end of the seediness, I guess, of certain parts of campus, like just at the very, you know, tail end of the gentrification that was going on in, in South Campus and whatnot. And um, I don't know. I kind of miss that a little bit. And now, again, the, the current Ohio Union is a beautiful, beautiful place. But uh, I kind of miss the old one being a little gross, you know. I do too. You know, I I bowled there. You know, they yeah, had the they had the bowling alley, alley in the basement, and and I remember one of my favorite parts was the computer terminals that they had uh, near the food court, <laughs> which people just looked up like all kinds of crazy crap and would leave it on the computers all the time, and they were like covered with these horrible like dust like protector like sleeves <laughs> that were just all yellow and cracked because they were put in the like 1978 and nobody bothered to change them in the 30 years after you know like i just that that stuff it's got character and not to say that the new yeah. stuff doesn't have character but it's going to take some time to develop it oh my god but those, that's those are some great answers because i i mean my roommate and i used to go play racquetball in like the dungeons of oh yeah of, of Larkin. You feel like and, you could just say, like, you want, you really, sometimes you just want to work out in a place where you feel like you get murdered mm-hmm. and nobody would know. You know? Like, it, <laughs> I literally was afraid. Your, your heart rate a little bit. I, I was afraid. Every time we played racquetball there, I was afraid that we wouldn't be able to open the door after our game <laughs> yeah. and that like no one would ever find us. Behind you and nobody... Yeah, like, no one would ever, like, it would be like three weeks later, somebody would find our dead bodies. Right. <laughs> we just, you know. um, that was labyrinthian, and, too. Like, that that whole area. It back really there, was. Like, racquetball course was ridiculous. I got lost <laughs> back there once and I was like, I'm never getting out. This is bad. This is where <laughs> I live now. This is my home. Yeah, uh, it was, it was. It was something, and and you know the Ohio Union. I, my, I remember I used to eat lunch there, at least three times a week, and <laughs> yeah. and, and it was sometimes five. There was a little, um, you know, they had the little food court, and right. there was a, a pizza place called Scarlata and Gray. <laughs> That's terrible. That was the name, and it had really good pizza. Yeah. Um, at least my recollection is that it, the pizza was very good. You know, at the time my tastes were a little different than they are now, right. but. I, I remember it was greasy and filling and, and quite tasty and uh, and you could get a couple slices for really dirt cheap and a, you know get a coke and I remember and sit Woody's, there. Woody's in the Ohio Union, which was where you could use your uh, Buck ID to buy like things like beer and stuff and you felt like mm. badass. Oh, yeah. I'm drinking beer on campus. I know I'm an adult now. Right. I'm at school having a beer. Yeah, and I, I, we had beer at the at the bowling alley. Did they? Uh, I heard they turned the Drake Union into administrative offices. I don't know. The Drake Union used to be a poor man's Ohio Union. So you remember how seedy the Ohio Union right. was? The Drake Union was its poorer. I little think. Brother. I think like, by the time I was there, it was administrative offices. From the it, the Drake Union was like the Baltimore uh, projects. Yeah. Like the 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 vacants well, where and, you and find the bodies. Here's the other thing. Speaking of, you're talking about like maybe renovations and stuff. Like the Ohio, uh, the you know the Thompson Library. But like, I never enjoyed the library. The library was disgusting and not in a fun mm-hmm. way, but just kind of in a, a ew kind of way. I remember one time I went to the top floor, and there was like maybe a, a foot high tile, like a foot high pile of june bugs in a corner of one of the stacks and i was like i'm i'm gone i'm bye like i don't really need to study that hard um my <laughs> i've expanded my knowledge enough for one day uh but now you go in there and it's beautiful and it's got tons of great research spaces and whatnot so i actually well, that i don't mixed it up that one is not one that i missed all right well uh johnny i think we just put a, a nice huge bow 
shiny bow on this 11 dub cast. Yep. So thanks again to Tyvis Powell, and we will be back to do this all again next week. And until then, I am Michael Citro. I'm Johnny Ginner. Peace. Bye.